So this morning, go to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 22. So we're going to read this morning, 1 Kings chapter 22. Now we're going to, we're going to read several verses here. We're going to look at a, a neat story in the Bible. I, I enjoy this story and uh, maybe you'll learn about some characters you're not familiar with this morning. But uh, and there's some great lessons I want us to learn here today because something that I think, I, I know I feel it many times, I'm sure probably everybody in here has felt it before, but have you ever felt like you were just all by yourself in, you know, maybe your beliefs? And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, thankfully as a church, this is a place we can come together and we know we're not all by ourselves. But and as far as your lives outside this church, maybe with your family, you know, uh, Maybe politically, you feel like, man, I am the only one that feels this way. Maybe, you know, spiritually or religiously, you know, you're the only person in your family that believes the way you do. Maybe where you work, you're the only believer. And sometimes you do, you just kind of feel alone, don't you? And every once in a while, we find ourselves in a position where we have to make a stand. It's like, you know what? I got to speak the truth here. And usually when you do, um, it doesn't always feel real good. And many times you can be made to feel really bad. And I want, and I just want you to know that feeling that you have, and I know I've talked to many that have experienced these kind of things, uh, you're not alone. You're not the only one that's ever felt this way. We're going to look at somebody in the Bible who took a stand all by himself, who stood all alone under great pressure to buckle. And let's look at the story in First Kings chapter 22. It says, "...and they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel." And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And we don't have time to go into all the background of everything here and into the story after this. But Jehoshaphat, working with the king of Israel, who was Ahab, the husband of Jezebel, we all know those names, this was a very bad decision. He should not have joined up with Israel in this situation. Israel was very wicked during this time. Ahab was a wicked king, and he's wanting to go to battle against Syria, and he wants the help from the southern kingdom. He wants help from Jehoshaphat, from Judah. And so Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Jehoshaphat, was he's considered a good king, even though this was a huge mistake that he made, one that cost dearly. And if you study the several years after Jehoshaphat's reign, there were some horrible things that happened in the kingdom, and it all went back to his alliances that he made with Israel, the alliances he made with Ahab. It was... A huge mistake, and I wish we had time to go into all that, but we don't. But he was—he's a good guy. You know, he loves God, and he says, "Let's inquire of God. Let's find out what the Lord thinks about this alliance. Let's find out what the Lord thinks about us going to battle against Syria." And then, verse six, and the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, "Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle?" Or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. So man, all the prophets, they are all in agreement. Four hundred of them. And they're all saying the same thing. 
Go up against them. Man, you've got this. You do this. They're all in agreement. But Josh, you know, he sees through it. And he said in verse 7, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? He knew these guys weren't prophets of the Lord. He knew these guys weren't good guys. And yeah, they were all in agreement. They were all positive. He's like, there's got to be one prophet of the Lord. And the king of Israel said in Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah, however you say that, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let the king not, let not the king say so. Okay, now there was a reason Micaiah always prophesied evil against the king of Israel. You know why? Because he was evil. And because he was bad. And God was not on his side. And so God was not going to bless what he was doing. And there was a reason that he prophesied evil against him because he was telling the truth. He was just telling the truth. And he was hated as a result of it. Because sometimes people don't want to know the truth. They just want people, they surround themselves with people who tell them what they want to hear. And that's what was going on during this time. Verse 9, Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah, the son of Imla, and the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes and a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Alright, so now, and something I want to do here, because I'm talking about standing alone for truth, and to kind of illustrate this, there is, you know, I feel this way sometimes too. I feel sometimes like, you know what, I'm the only one speaking the truth on this thing. And this story here just reminds me, there is a teaching that is going on amongst Baptists. I mean, it's spreading like the chicken pox. It blows my mind. This whole idea of, you know, we have to support Israel militarily and everything. And I'm telling you, it's a political thing. And there are churches now, they're even raising money to like help the Israeli military so they can kill Muslims. And it's looked at as this great thing and we've got to side with God and we've got to side with Israel and everything. we always got to be with them politically. we always got to be with them militarily. And everybody seems to be going along with this. And you know, I just have to say, wait a minute, this is not scriptural at all. And whenever you dare bring this kind of stuff up, especially amongst preachers, you get in trouble. You get really mad. And you know what? They're all in agreement. And I don't know, right here, it's like this is like the first. I mean, there's all these, you know, stand with Israel conferences and stuff people are going to do. You know, they do all the time. And I think this was the first ever stand with Israel conference that they ever had. And man, 400 prophets showed up for it. I mean, we've got, we've got to get Judah, the good kingdom, to stand with Israel. Which is a bad kingdom. They gotta stand with Israel. And all four hundred men, hey, this battle, it's theirs. You know, whatever they want to do, we gotta help them. They gotta go after they're gonna go after Syria. We're gonna help them. And you know, God wasn't pleased with them for going along with Israel when they were wicked. You know what? Study Israel's government today, study the nation of Israel today. They're as wicked as all get out. They're worse than America. It is more wicked than America over there. And yet we're supposed to just go along with whatever they say and with whatever they do. And if somebody like me dare say there's something wrong with that, uh, you're anti-Semitic, you're anti-God, you're anti-Christ. <laughs> I mean, you get called all kinds of things. And listen, I, I don't like like Mackay here. I don't care if I stand alone in this thing. It's the truth. 
I have to do that. And notice, and so notice what happens here, okay? It's the camp meeting. They got them all together. It's the Stand with Israel conference. They're all preaching the same thing. Everybody's in agreement. And Zedekiah, the son of Chenanah, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, With thee shalt thou push the Syrians until thou hast consumed them. This guy, man, he gets this big dramatic illustration together. He gets these big iron horns. All right, let's bring them out, man. I got to out preach all these other people at the Stand with Israel conference, okay? I mean, uh, they, just, you know, and they keep taking these things farther and farther, you know, and it's like, I mean, the one thing that they're teaching too is there's a verse in Romans where it said, you've been, you've, you've been ministered to because of their spiritual things, you know, they should be, you know, they should benefit from your carnal things. Well, it was talking about saved people in Jerusalem. It wasn't talking about old Jews. And so now we're supposed to, because everything we have is from the Jews. This is being taught. You know, we have the Bible because of the Jews. We have the Messiah because of the Jews. Everything we have is because of the Jews. So therefore, we should help the Jews that are over there in Israel today. Well, here's the problem with that, okay? They reject the Bible today. They hate Jesus Christ today. And if that's true, if we're going to go off that same principle, that same concept, if we're going to give them the credit for the Messiah and we're going to do good to them, then you know who I've decided, based on that, you know who we all should be supporting for president right now? Bernie Sanders. The socialist. He's Jewish. I mean, so therefore, I mean, he deserves it. We wouldn't have the Bible if it weren't for Bernie Sanders. We wouldn't have the Messiah if it weren't for Bernie Sanders. So let's all donate money to his campaign. That's ridiculous, isn't it? In fact, you know, I'm going to take it a step further. How about, you know, because the truth is, the Messiah actually came not from Jewish men, but from the seed of a woman, didn't he? He was born of a virgin, right? He came from the seed of a woman. So, maybe instead of supporting Bernie Sanders, we should support Hillary Clinton. Because we owe women today because a woman gave us the Messiah, therefore we need to give the woman a woman the presidency, right? So let's all vote for Hillary Clinton. Or, well, we can't do that because, you know what, Mary, she was a Jewish woman. So let's do it. Let's support a Jewish woman. Alright? And some well-known Jewish women that are in Congress... You might not know some of these people, but if you do, this is going to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Let's all support Diane Feinstein. All right. Now, if you enjoy your guns, you don't want to vote for her, okay? <laughs> She's big. or Barbara Boxer, well known, you know, Jewish. You know, we owe them. We wouldn't have the Messiah if it weren't for Diane Feinstein and you know, women like Barbara Boxer, Jewish women. Or did you? I don't know if you ever noticed this. In our U.S. Supreme Court, there are six Catholics and three Jews. Now, doesn't that represent the makeup of America real well? You know, we're all either Jews or Catholics. But yet, Democrats, every time they nominate or appoint someone to the Supreme Court, they always pick Democrats with one exception. Uh, Obama put Sonia Sotomayor there because they needed Hispanic. Because the most important thing, it's not the religions, it's the colors and the genders. We gotta have diversity. And so they needed a Hispanic in there. Pick Sonia Sotomayor. She was, uh, a Catholic. But Republicans always pick the Catholics. And Jews always pick, or Democrats pick the Jews. And so Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We should all support her. And if you know her, wow. 
but she's a Jewish woman. Now, you see how ridiculous what I'm just saying is? But you know how many people would get furious if they heard what I just said about that? But it's the truth. Okay? And this it's ridiculous the stuff's going on. And people are saying, you know, we gotta stand with Jews on everything because we they gave us a Messiah. No. Okay, not the ones today. And if that's true too, if we're going to use that same logic, then we need to start paying descendants of slaves reparations like they're wanting. Because your ancestors used them for slaves. You owe them money. Wait a minute. I've never had a slave. I've never been for slavery. I mean, do you really think I owe people money that were never my slaves? Okay, but that same reasoning, they're using that. And boy, you dare say something about that. What happens to Micaiah here is exactly what happens to you. And I'm just using that to illustrate this because this whole thing that's going on is basically a Stand with Israel conference that's going on uh, trying to get Judah to join up with Israel. And so they're all prophesying. You know, Zedekiah, he goes and he does this big dramatic illustration. I mean, he makes the biggest impression, and whoever takes the strongest stand for Israel, they're usually the you know most you know well known influential, and probably one of the most well known influential ones today. Guys like John Hagee that believes they don't even need to get saved because you know Jesus didn't come as their Messiah then. He came for the Gentiles, and when he comes back in the future, then he's coming for the Jews, and they're all going to be saved. And that's just crazy. But he's kind of the guru on that because he takes it the farthest, and it's just ridiculous. But notice, after you know they they have their conference, okay? They got all the preachers, they got all the big names there. You know, they got politicians. They had Mike Huckabee there. You know, they had guy. You know, they had Ted Cruz. They're all there. Stand with Israel. Stand with Israel. They're all saying the same thing. And then look at what happens in verse thirteen. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold, now the words of the prophets. Listen to what everybody else is saying. Declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them and speak that which is good. Boy, this reminds me a lot of what they do in Congress whenever they're trying to get a certain bill passed. Congress invites all these people to come and say, you know, they'll get if it's a medical thing, they'll get doctors to come say exactly what they want them to say. They know what these people are going to say before they even have them come, and they will get them. You know, they they pretty much tell them, testify this to Congress, and people testify, or that proves it. Everybody says this. All the scientists believe in global warming. Well, yeah, all the ones that you will allow to speak. But those ones that don't, you don't say it. You won't let them say anything. Back when they were making the big deal about vaccinations, making them mandatory, enforcing them on everybody, they went and invited a bunch of doctors and that were all very vocally pro vaccination for everybody. They had people that had blogs that were uh, that were real popular, encouraging everyone to get vaccinations. They knew what those people were going to say, and then. Somebody would brought up this one doctor who did a study, you know, proving something different, and they was like, "Well, you know, his he had his license taken away. You know, he's been discredited. Well, who took it away? The people who didn't like the fact that he said something different than everybody else. And they tell us everyone agrees, but they only let certain people speak. And that's what they did here. They tried to do with Micaiah. The only reason they were letting him talk is Jehoshaphat." 
demanded it. And so they went and they told him, listen, you hear what everyone's saying. 400. They all said the same thing. You go say the same thing. They told him what to say. And, you know, and that's just the way it is too. And if you're going to you know, speak at a lot of these big meetings, things, you've got to say what they want you to say. You, know, you step out of line, you're in trouble. And then verse 15, so he came to the... Uh, um, verse 14, And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. And what, boy, what a great statement that is. That's exactly what he should have done. But one of the things, you, in your own life, you're going to find yourself, if you believe the Bible, okay, and the way the world's going, you're going to find yourself many times in positions where you have to take a stand that's just very unpopular. That's just not what, it's not what everybody's doing. It's not what the masses are doing. And you know, you got to just resist that pressure to go with the flow. Everyone wants to be popular. I mean, does anybody in here like being disliked? It depends who it is. <laughs> you know, I guess you know there are certain people I don't want to like me, but you know we like being liked, don't we? You know, we want to be popular. You know, we want we want people to like us. We want to feel like our opinions matter, don't we? We want to figure. You know, we want to. And the thing is, too, if if you believe the Bible these days, you're looked at as this wacko, you know, right wing nut job that shouldn't even be allowed in this country. And people, they do. They want to feel like their opinions matter. And everybody wants to have a horse in the race. And it's like with the, with the elections. Okay? It's like a lot of Christians, they're so anxious to find a candidate that you know, represents what they believe and that way they want to get involved politically. They want to feel like they have a voice. But let me, and, you know, and right now, most the Baptists are going towards you know, guys like Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz. Okay? But, you know, I have a, I've got, I'm going to just admit right now, I've got a huge problem with Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz. And you know what it is? They're Republicans. Oh, so I see, so you're a Democrat. <laughs> no. But they're both bad. Okay? They both are terrible. They're both so corrupt. And I don't know, as much as, you know, they say a lot of stuff I like, but I just worry about someone that's accepted into an organization that is just so corrupt. Oh yeah, but they're outsiders. Well, they're not outsiders enough that they've kicked them out. You know, the first one of those guys at the Republican Party who says, you know what, we're kicking you out, I might get on board with that guy. That might be the one that I listen to. And but it's like, you know, you have to you have to pick one. And it's because they just they want to have a voice. They want to be a part of it. But you know, pretty soon we're just gonna to have to admit that what's going there there's really nobody in Washington right now that represents us. We are that big of an outsider. And people don't like that. And it's not comfortable. It's not what we want. You're supposed to be one of the two folks. You're supposed to be a Republican or a Democrat. That's what they... No. Or you're supposed to be an independent. That's where you're in between. You can go either way. You can, you can vote Democrat. You can vote Republican. Well, you know what? I can't stomach either of them. Hardly. It's so messed up. It's so corrupt. And you know, I'm just coming to the realization more and more, I don't know if i got a horse in the race. I don't know if there's a political organization out there that represents what I believe. And, boy, it would be a lot easier to just join up with one of these groups and just go along with what they say so I can feel like I matter, I can feel like I have a voice. But, you know, I just don't know if I do. I don't know if there's anyone out there. And 
people that are just not willing to admit that they're not willing they're not willing to accept that. You know, Proverbs twenty three verse twenty three says, "Buy the truth and sell it not." Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. You know, I'll admit that there's a part of me that I would I'd like to get involved politically in certain areas. You know, in certain areas, I'd like to try to help influence elections. But you know what? The Bible says, "Buy the truth and sell it not." And I'm afraid there's no one out there that if I were to join up with them, I'm afraid I'd have to sell some truth. They're standing for things that I'm sorry, I'm just not for, and I'm not willing to give that up. And unfortunately, it's forcing me to feel like an outsider politically. I feel like I don't have a person I can look and say, you know, they they represent what I believe. They, I just, and people they don't want that. But that's just the reality of where you're going to be in a wicked world. Because and people are just selling truth left and right, and they're going along with these people. They're just overlooking some whacked out ideas that they have because they just want to have somebody they feel represents them. And you know, people they'll well they'll vote for Mike Huckabee just because he's the Baptist, and I'm a Baptist. Or you know, there's you know women that are going to vote for Hillary just because she's a woman. They they want a woman, and or Bernie Sanders because they're a Jew and he's a Jew. And you know. I, yeah, I'd love to vote for a Baptist, but if he does, if he's not standing for the truth, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that just so I can feel better about myself and feel like you know I'm represented and feel like I'm a part of something you know that's that's big and important that everybody wants to be a part of. But we've got to resist that pressure. The flow is going the wrong way, and we know based on Bible prophecy, it's only a matter of time. And what's there in Washington is going to completely turn against us. And it's already happening. Okay? It's already there. And it's, uh, we don't really have anyone standing too strong. And we're, it, it's not looking good. And so eventually we're going to just have to realize we don't have anyone representing us there. We do not have a voice that they're willing to listen to. And here in this crowd, they try to tell him what to say. Okay, fine. We have to let you talk, but here's what you're going to say. And I love what he said. You know, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. He wasn't looking to win a popularity contest. And you know what? The world needs someone to be the voice of reason and speak the truth. Whether it be in your family, your family needs someone to be the voice of reason and speak the truth. Whether it be in your workplace, in your school, whether it be you know in your church, whether it be you know even amongst you know myself amongst a group of preachers, whatever it is, somebody has to speak the truth. The pressure is always going to be there to just go along. There's always going to be people there telling you, you know, say this, don't say that. But the world needs someone. Your family, our community, we need someone to be the voice of reason and speak the truth. And that's what he said he was going to do. Because the truth is, the crowd's usually wrong, aren't they? The crowd usually gets it wrong. Matthew 7.13 Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. We know, we know that verse. Okay? The majority usually gets it wrong. But yet, what is constantly being shoved down our throats? A majority believe this. A majority of Americans think it's okay for men to marry men and women to marry women. A majority of scientists believe in global warming. You know, a majority of Americans think this person is going to be the best president. And does the majority usually get it right? No. 
I mean, we can't even get... I, I can't even think of the last time we've even had a candidate for president that you know, represents what I believe, you know, politically. But yet, you know, I fell for the whole thing, I you gotta pick the lesser of two evils, you know. And I kept doing that, and as a result, I've not had a voice for the last several years in elections. Because they the Republicans have learned that the conservative Christians, they will usually go ahead and vote for the Republican just so they don't get stuck with the Democrat. And as a result, look at who we've had to vote for the last couple of cycles. You know, we've got to stop falling for this. And I'm just going to be the voice of reason and say, you know what? Republicans don't give a rip about what we think. They got guys that know how to act like they do. But you know what? We, you know, go ahead, elect these guys into the office and just watch how fast they change. They just, they just do what the last person did. It's that way every time. I'm not telling you you can't vote or anything. I mean, go ahead. But, don't expect them to fix your problems. Okay? And maybe expect them to make it a little worse. Maybe the, if you get the right one, the problems will escalate slower. You know, and I, I, think that, I think that's the best that we can do with these people until we have a real revival. But the crowd's usually wrong. You know, many people think that unity is the most important thing, but truth is the most important thing. Exodus chapter 23, verse 1 says, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. This whole passage here where it says not following a multitude to do evil, it was talking about, you know, sometimes the wicked, they will try to maybe go after somebody. And there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, there's the oppression of the weak and the oppression of the poor. And it's real easy to just. Uh, want to just kind of go along and buckle to the pressure. But here it says, do not follow a multitude to do evil. When it comes to making a judgment, we ought to be fair across the board. Okay? If, there, if you're on a jury, okay? if you're on a jury and there's somebody that you believe is innocent and all the other jurors think they're guilty, if you believe they're innocent, you ought to stand for them. Well, I don't want to hang the jury. If you really believe they're innocent, you ought to do the right thing. Hang the jury. And maybe the next one will get it right. You know, but uh, we, we sell the truth all the time. We follow the multitude. Well, you know, most people are doing it must be right. You know how many times I've, people have used that argument with me when it comes to certain doctrinal things? Well, this is what most people believe. Most people usually get it wrong. You know, what does, does the Bible not say something completely different right here? So it, that's what we have to preach. That's what we have to believe. And we've got to be willing to take the abuse sometimes. You've got to stand strong and rest in the Lord. Go to Psalm chapter 37 real quick. Psalm chapter 37 before we read the rest of this passage. It's a good passage of Scripture here I want to read to you. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. You know, evildoers, they seem, to pro- they seem to prosper. They seem to get their way. They, it seems that way for a while. 
But it says, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass and He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. One of these days, if you're standing for truth, One of these days, the Lord is going to reveal it to everyone that you were the one telling the truth. Your righteousness is going to shine as a light. One of these days, they're all going to figure it out. And you know who they're going to look to? They're going to look to the one that was telling the truth when no one else was telling the truth. And you might think right now, this is just going to make me unpopular. This is just going to make people not like me. But one of these days, they're going to know the truth. And it's going to be revealed and you're going to be the first one that they come to. You're going to be the first one that they talk to. But it's not going to feel that way. When you're at that family reunion and you're the only one that believes the way you do and thinks the way you do and you're being laughed at and you're being ridiculed, it's not going to feel good. But you know what you're going to have to do? Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way. Okay? The people that are going along with the rest of the world, they're going to be a lot more popular than you. People are going to want to listen to them over you. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, you're going to want to get angry, but cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Hang on to that truth. Don't ever let it go. Be, be willing to take that abuse. And note, going back to 1 Corinthians, or 1 Kings chapter 22, after he says that, what the Lord tells me, that's what I'm going to say. And in verse, 15, and so he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And listen to what he says here. And he said, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And we can't see how he said this here, but notice he just said exactly what the guy told him to say. But I believe he was being sarcastic, and it's obvious because they knew he didn't mean it. And I think it's pretty just, yeah, go ahead. Go and prosper. It's going to be great. Do what these other guys said. But they knew, and the king said to him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, So he's like, Go ahead, tell me the truth. He's like, He told, I've commanded you, tell me the truth. Okay. Here's the truth. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills of sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did not I tell that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne and all the host of heaven standing by Him and on His right hand and on His left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said unto this manner, another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. God, he's like, I, I, saw, I had this vision. God showed me. He sent a spirit, a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets. They're all liars. And God wanted them to tell you this because God wants you, Ahab, to go fight against Syria. He wants you to fight him so you can go there and die. He demanded the truth. Was it pleasant what he told him? 
You know, and don't don't people demand truth from us? Don't they expect us to be truthful? Don't they expect us? You know, sometimes it's like they expect Christian people to be perfect. You know, we get held to a higher standard, don't we? And boy, don't doesn't the news media make a huge deal whenever a Christian person gets busted for lying and being a phony? But then, you know, so it's like they're expecting, they're demanding us to be truthful, but then when we tell the truth, they get mad at us. And look at what happens after he tells them this in verse 23 or uh, 24. But Zedekiah, the son of uh, Chenana, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord for me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. You're going to be hiding in a closet like a little girl. You're going to see it. You're going to know. That's basically what he said right there. That's in the NIV right there. But uh, he, he went, and you know that, that other prophet comes and he, he smacks him in the face. You know, King stands there and watches it. And we're not going to take time to read the rest of the story. But you know what they did? They went and they threw him in prison. Tell me the truth. Okay. Told the truth. Get smacked in the face. Mocked. Thrown into prison. And you know what? You know we're expected. To tell the truth. We're expected to preach the truth. We're expected to stand for the truth. But when you do, you're going to get in trouble sometimes. You're going to make people mad at you. You've got to be willing to suffer loss. You might lose a friend. You might lose some acquaintances or whatever. People might not want to be around you anymore. And that never feels good, does it? Boy, it never feels good. I mean, can you imagine what Makai says? I got commanded to go there. Okay, I've been commanded to go. I was commanded to tell the truth. I told the truth. And now I'm in prison. And you know, and even sometimes as a pastor, you know, pastors feel that way. It's like, I think you all expect me to preach the truth, don't you? You expect me to preach the word of God. Yet pastors all the time get in trouble with their people because they get up and preach the truth and make people mad at them. Well, that's not fair. Okay, I mean, y'all don't want me lying to you. And you all don't do this to me, and I appreciate that very much. But man, it happens all the time. And I know what I'm preaching today is not popular stuff, but I'm just trying to illustrate that sometimes you are going to find yourself in that position where you—it's like you're going to feel like I am the only person in the world that feels this way. I'm the only one that thinks that. But listen, that's exactly what the world needs. And if you go and you read the rest of that story, Ahab and Jehoshaphat—they went and fought that battle. And Ahab died. Ahab got killed in that battle. And exactly what the prophet said came to pass. And you know, I wonder what those other 400 prophets thought after that. I wonder what all the other people in the kingdom thought about Micaiah after that. After exactly what he said came to pass. Thank God there was somebody there that told the truth. Otherwise, if there hadn't been that one person, you know what they all would have said? They all just walked away. Well, tough break. It was an accident. If you read the story, you know the battle kind of ended, and one guy he just drew a bow of adventure. He just kind of went and he just took a shot into the crowd, just taking a chance. And that arrow got Ahab. That was how he died. And people, oh, that's just the way it is. That's just what happens. It's like, no, that's not just what happens. You know, but if nobody was there to tell the truth beforehand, you know, we're all great prophets after something happens. Okay, after something bad happens, we all know why God did that to them. You know, we all know why that happened to you. We're all great prophets after the fact. But when you do it before, that's what shows the real prophet. The one who said it before. And you know, I've just decided too, I'm going to preach stuff that's not popular because one of these days it's going to be revealed and you know what? 
I want to be able to say, you know what? I was teaching that the whole time. When it wasn't popular, when nobody liked it, when everybody was getting mad, because one of these days, you know, these, these things that we believe, these things we teach, everybody's going to believe. The Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's becoming a less and less popular thing to be a Christian, to stand for Christ. But one of these days, every knee will bow. Well, you know what? Who cares if you do it when everyone else is doing it? I want to do it when no one else is doing it. I want to, I want to do it... That's when, that's when God's going to be pleased. That's when God... Is, that's when you can prove that you have faith. When you do it when no one else is doing it, and the pressure is going to be on. The masses, the majorities are going to be against you. They're going to make you, they're going to make you feel alone. They're going to make you feel like you're some off-the-wall nut job. But you know what? Just keep standing for the truth. And if you're by yourself, you know what? Just rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. He will, he will make your righteousness to shine as a light. One of these days. One of the, I don't know what it's going to be. You're going to have to wait patiently. But one of these days, something's going to happen. Everybody's going to realize the truth. And you know what they're all they're going to, they're going to look right at you. Wait, what about that person? You know, I, 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 that's how I've noticed people before. You know, people that you know were saying things at first. I was like, what are they talking about? And then later, it ended up happening. It turned out to be right. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I'm going to go back and listen to that person again. The person that called us. The person that saw it coming. And we ought to see these things coming. We ought to know the truth. We have the Bible. And so, be willing to stand alone for truth all by yourself. If it's if it's there in the word of God, I don't care if everybody in this church and myself included, if we go against it, you stick with the word of God and we all might look at you and say, "You know what? You're wrong, you're messed up, you stink, we're more than you. You out." Hey, if you're right one of these days, we're all going to be looking back and it's like, "Hey, uh, thank you for taking that stand when you did." I wish we'd have listened. But we didn't, and then you will be glad you stood for the truth. So, with that, let's all stand together.